Hey everyone, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Getting ready to speak with author Tom Malmquist. He's the author of In Every Moment We Are Still Alive. He's a poet and sports writer. He's written two highly acclaimed poetry collections. In Every Moment We Are Still Alive is his first novel, and he lives in Sweden. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show author Tom Malmquist. Welcome, Tom. Thank you so much. Are you calling in from Sweden? Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> It's uh, 7 p.m. here, so it's dark outside. Oh, I'm glad it wasn't like 2 a.m. I'm glad, okay. (laughs) Perfect. I don't think I could do that. So what's interesting, Tom, is uh, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. Yeah. And I'll tell you why this is interesting and why I was intrigued by having you on. We go through these terrible ups and downs in life, and through that, those tumultuous times, we find tremendous meaning. And you went through something... So horrible. This is autobiographical, uh, your book, In Every Moment We Are Still Alive. So uh, could you tell the listeners about this story? Because it's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, the story is in the book. Uh, So basically, it's about a year that changed everything in my life. Uh, My pregnant partner of 10 years, Karin, died in leukemia. Mm. Uh, But the doctor succeeded in saving the baby, making me a father for the first time. Oh. So, in, yeah. yeah, so in the book, I try to depict my life uh, as it is, as a painful and momentous intersection between my daughter's birth and my partner's death. So the story is born out of this huge tension between life and death. And actually, some months later, my dad passed away as well. That's oh. in the book, too. Yeah. And it was important since his death raised the question, how good of a father was he really? So mm-hmm. I see myself reflected in my father, I guess. So the question becomes mine, you know, how yeah. good of a father will I be to Livia, my daughter? Yes. So it's about death, of course, and life and love and grief, but also parenting. How hard was it to write about this, you know, really emotionally gripping experience? I mean, did you have it in your mind? Have you always been a writer to, to write about your feelings and what you're going through? Yeah, I've written... Uh, poetry collections in Sweden before this book. Uh, writing is my way of understanding myself and the world around me. Uh, it's not just my job, but my way of being. I think and see through my writing. Um, and I tried to write poetry the day after Karin had passed away in my room at the hospital. I couldn't. Um, it was as if the poetry heightened the chaos inside. It just made me feel worse. Um, so a few weeks after Carl's passing, I wrote her funeral eulogy, mm-hmm. uh, and I described what had happened at the hospital. And I wanted to tell the people grieving the church why Carl had suddenly died. So I wrote a piece of prose, and it helped me give structure, I guess, to my sorrow of what had happened. So the book is basically the, the book's beginning is of, from this uh, eulogy? funeral eulogy. Oh. Yeah, I I actually lost my father in 2015 to colon cancer, and I got on oh. the plane. And I wrote his eulogy, uh, which yeah. I then I then submitted to the New York Times, and it, it ended up online on the New York Times. And it's those moments when you're by yourself and you you know you're. I mean, I love to write too because it's so cathartic and healing and yeah. helps me make sense of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Give structure. Give structure as well. I guess. Yes, and you're not mm. like I in those moments for me. I'm not feeling like judged by my writing. I'm just throwing it out there, and this is who I am. This is how I feel. Yeah, you know. One day that every time I broke down, when I uh, every time I broke down when faced with a scene in the book, I, I knew it was right, mm-hmm. and 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 that way the book was 
easy to write, you know, uh, some strains, but but to constantly break down was tough, of course. Of course. So I have to ask a, a question. If it's too personal, you just we won't include it. When uh, your partner got pregnant, did you know she had leukemia? No, 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 no. Oh. It was it, 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 the books. Uh, the beginning of the books uh, uh, is uh, at the hospital. Uh, but a week before that, uh, I thought, and she thought that she had uh, uh, ordinary flu, mm-hmm. uh, and she had harder, harder to to breathe, and we decided to go into the to hospital because she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and uh, so th- this out of the blue, this uh, this uh, diagnosis. So this was uh, a nightmare, oh. of course. And, you know, out of, and I hear stories like this all the time, out of the horrible loss, then there's a new life. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And, the and fact- that was said before, this, as a, the story is born out of this huge tension between life and death. And, of course, Livia, my daughter, is like a symbol of, of life for me. Yes. And uh, she, uh, she saves me every day by just existing, you know. I have chills because I have two daughters and I remember the moment they were born, yeah. especially my first one. And it's this moment of you can't even prepare for that moment. No. I, 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 you know, our daughter, uh, Livia, was a newborn then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she only had me. Mm-hmm. And I had no show. I had to choose her. But for me, it wasn't easy. In the beginning, my daughter was a stranger to me. It took several months before I had the strength to decide that she'd have a good life, that she was the most important. And, and it stayed that way, of course. She, mm-hmm. She's the most important and always will be the most important, the same there is to me. But in all honesty, if Liva hadn't been there, I, I, I don't know if I would have made it. Yeah. I know it's an interesting uh, thing becoming a parent and then a, a single parent. Uh, you, you, like I said, you can't prepare. You don't know what to expect. How are you different now since now you're a father? I don't know. That's okay. <laughs> but, I, but, but I don't know, but I have changed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and no wonder I lost my partner, become a father for the first time and lost my father. Yes. I wrote a book about it, now talking about it on various stages. Uh, I mean, I, of course, I've changed me. But yeah. I, for example, feel a lot older than I am, I guess, mm-hmm. and I'm tired. Yes, I'm so happy for what I have. Right. Um, yeah. That's a wonderful blessing. What would you like people to take away from this book? I hope that whoever reads my book will feel less alone um, and that they, after reading, will value life more. You know, that even the small things in life are precious and beyond price. You know, like the taste of coffee in the morning or your daughter's laugh or something. Mm-hmm. But for those in grief, I hope that the book will give them the strength to carry on, tell them that it's possible to live with grief. Experience has taught me that there is no such thing as a year of grief. I don't know in, in America, but in Sweden we have a year of grief. And after that, you should go back to the horseback and ride on, you know. Mm-hmm. But grief never goes away. I see grief as a melody that never ceases. It can vary in strength depending on the day, but it never stops. And that's okay. Not just that, it makes life richer in contrast and therefore more tangible, at least to me. I agree. I actually lost a best friend uh, seven years ago, and I'm still sad. And and I, oh, I've decided course, yeah. that that's okay. That's okay to be yeah, sad. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so, that's okay. How long did it take you to write this book? Three years. Yeah, I started, started um, as I said, it, uh, I tried to write poetry the day after Karen had passed away, and then it became a, a funeral, funeral eulogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took three years. Wow. Uh, 
Now, also, I do want to talk about what you do. You're a poet and a sports writer. How did you get into sports writing? No, actually, I'm not a sports writer. My daddy was, but I helped my father at the end of his life to ghostwrite the famous tennis player Bjorn Borg's oh, uh, wow. columns in, in the Swedish newspaper Expressen. So uh, when my father was so sick at the end of his life, he couldn't write them. So I helped him. So I wrote the famous tennis player Bjorn Borg's uh, columns in Expressen. So that's why I... They call me a sports writer. I think that's great. That's fantastic. Wow. Are you working on any other books? Yes, uh, I do. Uh, It's a book about a murder in my hometown, Huddinge, a suburb to Stockholm. It's going to be a true crime novel, but with a poet's touch. Sounds like even the book I'm holding in my hands, your latest in every moment we're still alive, could be even a film. Yeah, I hope so. Me and my daughter needs the money. (laughs) 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 <laughs> what advice would you give people that uh, are writers? Uh, perhaps they have gone through something, uh, you know, horrible in their life. Um, what advice would you give them when they they want to write about it? Uh, wow, that was the toughest question. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, I don't see myself as a teacher. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I think just write. Don't judge yourself. Just, just do it. Don't think. Just do it. Follow your heart, you know. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I think you're being very humble. I think uh, anybody who's achieved the status of writing a book and getting it published and getting it out there, they have something to offer. So I, I think that's great advice because sometimes we sit down and we think, oh, that's not good enough. Yes. What I have to say isn't that important. Yeah. And that's a good feeling when you're, when you're starting to write something. If you think you're a genius when you're starting to write, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> yes. It's, be- it's better to think that this is not important. That's, that's, and, and because you're human, that's very human things to, to, to feel, you know. Mm-hmm. So just, just write. Don't think so much. Someday your daughter will read this book. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about that? I hope she, 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 she read it and... Uh, and she can see how her father and mother met each other, mm-hmm. and what ha- and what ha- happened when when her mother died. Um, of course, this is a piece of of time. Actually, yes. uh, I mean, I could never tell this story now as I could for uh, for six years ago when it happened. So I I, I, I think it's a great. Thing for her to have and read and remember. I hope so. I, I was going to say, this is the greatest gift for your daughter. It doesn't even matter if you did it for yourself. This, you captured your relationship and your loss and what you were going through, uh, which is beautiful. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Where can people find out more about you? Amazon have, have my book, I guess. Okay, so they'll just Google you. Do, do you have a website or anything if they want to find no, out? No, no, I have, I have Facebook okay. as an author page. Okay, perfect. It's a Tom Malmquist author. Okay, I'll spell it for everybody. M-A-L-M-Q-U-I-S-T. Yeah. And it's, uh, it just came out January 30th, and it's uh, published by Melville House in hardcover. Yes. In every moment we are still alive. Tom, thank you so much for calling in. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
If you want to find out about being a guest, you can send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. Everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And I am on Twitter at moms underscore rock.